Live from the Finley Toyota ESPN Las Vegas studios. You get like a hiccup or a burp and you try to swallow it. That's what we were doing there. This is the Press Box. <laughs> some guy some guy heard that yesterday. It took him two, two minutes to tweet. He thought it was a soda can. I said, come on, it's eight in the morning. With Grady and Bischoff. Jared, you say that like the quality of these shows have been good since we've been doing it for full anyway. Jared. On ESPN Las Vegas. All right, we're here on a Tuesday. Ed, Tyler, and Jared, before we get to it, happy birthday to Greenspan. Oh. Yeah, oh. yeah. I mean, she thinks I'm in the you know another part of the house watching Friday Night Lights now, but I'll at least throw out a uh, at least throw out a happy birthday. She oh. has no clue where I am, but gotta say it. Anyway. Tuesdays are the worst birthday days. Yeah, we celebrated twice last week. I, I I can't do this again a third time. I told her I said you've had your celebration because my daughter was going back to college last week, so she wanted to celebrate. And then the next night, I'm like, yeah, we're not doing anything. Let's just celebrate it now. So she thinks she's getting something else today. Shot of her mind. I can't go three days on the celebration nonsense. Man, Padres yeah. and Dodgers play on her birthday. It's a good thing you won't be watching. It might huh? actually be a celebration night, given I won't be watching the game. <laughs> <laughs> no. Anywho, the first birthday. bite. Press box transition. <laughs> Which Raiders injury is the biggest concern? Are you saying guys who've been hurt that might be healing, or are you saying guys we know are hurt right now? Any of them. So, like, we have. Marcus Mariota, who hasn't played in either of the preseason games, John Gruden said after the game on Saturday that he's just not ready to go physically. He wasn't practice against the Rams. Gruden said they're hoping that he plays uh, in the last preseason game, but not ready to go physically doesn't sound great. We talked about the linebacker some yesterday where Javen White seems to have a very serious injury. Nicholas Morrow might be a serious injury. We don't really know there. But then you also have like Richie Incognito got hurt at uh, during one of the practices against the Rams as well. So, I mean, you can go wherever you want with it, which is what do you think is the biggest concern? I've got to be honest with you. If they started a season right now today, I would think it's Richie Incognito because I assume, well, Derek Carr, I don't think is going to play any snaps in the preseason. So he's going to be healthy. Um, they are thin at linebacker, but Kwiatowski and Littleton, you could get by probably until he comes back. I just think on that offensive line, man, they do not need another new face in there on that offensive line trying to protect Carr in the opening week. Yeah, I. it's the offensive line. It's Richie Incognito. And honestly, it's anybody throughout the course of the season that gets hurt. On that line. Because the Raiders blew up their offensive line, and the center to right tackle, those three spots there, are all new guys in terms of starters, right? And you're looking at Andre James, who has, I think, started, what, one game in his entire career at center. You've got a first-round pick in Alex Leatherwood out there at right tackle, who is a rookie. Like, you are counting on unknowns to be good at those positions. But here's the problem for the Raiders. Even if they hit on those, even if Andre James, even if Alex Leatherwood, even if the offensive line, even if they got it right, And the offensive line is just as good as it was last season, but with different faces, cheaper players and all that. The problem that's still going to pop up is depth because it's the offensive line. You're going to have injuries. And if you look at the Raiders right now, who are their backup offensive linemen? Like in the past, like Trent Brown got hurt, but like Denzel Good could step in. Like they had guys that could step in that were good backup offensive linemen. But right now it's like Brandon Parker. 
Jared Jones Smith, the guy that nobody well, had heard of until Mike on. Mayock brought him hold up. Hold on now. They got him off the street. Like, those He's a are, tough guy off the street. Those are their two backup tackles. And Brandon Parker has not been good in his short NFL career. Jared Jones Smith, I, I don't think anybody's ever seen him play other than Mike Mayock. And then <laughs> the backup guards are John Simpson, who wasn't very good last year, or Patrick Omame and Lester Cotton, who were the two offensive linemen that struggled mightily in the preseason game against the Rams. It, one injury, and all of a sudden you're taking Richie Incognito out, and you're talking about John Simpson John or Simpson. whoever it is having to play and Lester start Cotton at Senior. left guard. Like that's a massive problem, and that's what's going to happen on the offensive line throughout the year. You're going to have injuries. You're going to have to play some backup offensive linemen, and the Raiders have nothing proven, nothing good at their backup spots. The only guy who might be able to step in and not be, you know, completely uh, in terms of a downgrade would be Nick Martin, I think. Only because he's played like seven or eight years in the league at center. Now, again... But that's just center, right? That's, no, that's no, that's yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah, you're right about the guards and tackles. I'm just, if there's anyone on the line, let's say Andre James, nobody wants it to happen, but Andre James goes down this week, and Nick Martin has to start the opener. I think you're... You're far more worried about an incognito spot. Let's put it right. that way. You know Nick Martin can do the job. He's done it for a lot of years in the league. But I just think incognito for what he brings to that line. If you're going from nothing against John Simpson or Lester Cotton Sr., um, that is a huge, huge downgrade oh, there if something happens. If Richie Incognito can't go. Yeah. And, like, there's always there, – there'll always be, like, one team a year where you get to, like, week 15 or 16, and it's like they have started the same offensive line for the entire sure. year. But there's usually only one of those teams. Everybody else has to deal with some form of injury on that offensive line. And they're playing guys backups or they move guys around to different positions or whatever it is. It happens every year for almost every single team. And it's going to happen for the Raiders. The problem is if it's happening in week one, if because Richie Incognito, they're, they're hoping. Group said he's hoping. hoping, hopes to have him ready to right. go for week one. I assume he'll be ready to go for week one. I mean, we got, what, two weeks, two and a half weeks yes. until until that first game. So that's a long time. I'm assuming time. if he's not ready, he's still playing because they're like, wait a minute, John Simpson <laughs> is trying to protect Derek Carr against the Ravens. So, but that to me is the biggest one. And that's going to be one of the biggest storylines of the offseason. Because again, even if Andre James is a great center, Denzel Good is a great right guard, and Alex Leatherwood is a great right tackle. And you look back and you say, wow, John Gruden and Mike Mack, they did a good job. They blew up the offensive line, but they did a good job identifying guys that could step in and be starters at the at the NFL level right away. The problem is going to be, okay, what happens when incognito's hurt? What happens when one of those guys has to miss a game or miss significant time, and it's John Simpson or Jared Jones-Smith? Are those guys any good? And I don't have much confidence they will I mean, be. look, the, the jury's out completely on Alex Leatherwood. And yet, if he goes down in one snap, you're talking Jared Jones-Smith. Right. I mean, right tackle is a scary position right now. Alex Leatherwood, like you said, might end up being great. He hasn't played a real snap yet. Yeah. Not, not, you know, not in a regular season game. I mean, if he's not very good, I mean, I don't know what they're doing there in terms of switching around guys in the line or anything. But Jared Jones Smith's your next answer. And man, if I'm right, if I'm, you know, if I'm Tom Cable right now, I'm, I'm a little concerned that you, Alex Leatherwood better be good. Right, and that, that's the other thing. We're talking about injuries right now. Alex Leatherwood might not be good. Well, he might be healthy yeah. and not good because we have no we've yeah. never seen him play in a real game. Andre James might not be good right. either. I mean, you're talking about a center who's like basically never been. Right. I think he's again. It's he's never been star. the guy. I yeah. know that we know that. Like they they might not be good. And hell, I mean, Richie Incognito's older. Like he's been he's been very good when he's been healthy. He's good when he's healthy. He's good. But he is older. Yeah. I mean, there's a chance Richie Incognito's like, oh yeah, age caught up to him. I mean, and he's not quick enough. The anymore. only sure, the only for sure thing, Colton Miller, probably. 
And yeah, like that, that's what <laughs> I'm mean, looking at right now. So, and Colt what does Miller, that say? Right. I mean, Colt Miller's fine, but it's right. not like he's a top five left tackle no, or anything like no, that. But not in the league. No. But yeah. But I mean, him, he's the only offensive lineman you look at and say, yes, you are. You know what you're getting from him. He's and probably Richie Incognito when he's healthy, but right. the rest you don't know. Yeah. And Incognito wasn't healthy for times last season. Like it's, it's been an issue because that's just what happens on the offensive right. line. So I think, I think that's the big issue. And it's honestly, I'm surprised that. We didn't bring it up before when talking about the offensive line was the depth, like because we talked a lot about the offensive oh, line because that was about one of rebuilding the, the whole thing. That was one of the biggest things they did this offseason was rebuild that offensive line, and I'm surprised we never thought of oh, what about the depth there? Because the depth has always been Jared Jones, Smith, John Simpson, Brandon Parker, Patrick Omame. Like that's been the depth the entire time. Um, maybe we didn't talk about it because I don't think there's a Clemson guy on the offensive line. <laughs> well, Jared Jones Smith came off the street. He could have been from Clemson too. No, we just don't John know Simpson's it yet. John from Clemson. Yeah. Oh, well, there you yeah, go. One, there you go. See, I was scouring the depth chart, <laughs> looking for the Clemson guy. I go, there's got to be one on here. So we finally get. So John Simpson. We should. We should absolutely have been talking more about the depth because there's a Clemson guy. So John Simpson, offensive line will be fine. Just plug yes, the Clemson exactly. guy in. What are we worried about? There's a Clemson <laughs> guy out there. Just put him in. Johnny Simpson, play center. You're fine. Do you think Mariota? <laughs> is the backup quarterback for game one oh, of the season? What a great question. If, and I mean, not uh, not curing diseases here with this answer, but if he plays against San Francisco, he has to be. If he doesn't, then you're out. But then again, like you said, he practices against the Rams, you know, which is far more, some would say, given all the fights, more you know dangerous than it is playing <laughs> the Niners this week. He practiced against them. If, if, if he plays in San Francisco, he's the backup. But if not, like you said with Incognito, there's still two and a half weeks left. Yeah. Like, what is his injury if he can't practice against or play against San Francisco and then not play in the opener if he had to? I would assume so. What was interesting that Mike or that John Gruden said about Marcus Mariota, the way he plays, we do not want him out there in a live situation and let him cut it loose. He's just not ready to go. He was ready tonight, talking about Saturday, on an emergency basis. Well, then I think he plays, in, I think he's the backup in week one because you're three weeks out. So basically what he's saying is they don't want Mariota running around no. getting hit by defenders, right. you know, 5, 10, 15 right. yards down the field where it's open field shots on Mariota. Is what I mean, what's an emergency? Si- that's the other thing is, you know, emergency situation, obviously you would translate that as Derek Carr goes down. Well, but... no, this, he's talking about Saturday, emergency right. situation. Right, but I'm saying if it's, still, if it's still the emergency situation on the opener, what is that? I don't know if he's the backup then. That, that is a good point. Emergency yeah. to me is like, hey, we're down to our third guy, but Marcus, you know, we scratched him. There's, you know, yeah. Hunter Renfro, you're the quarterback. Because what, what John that's Gruden's saying exactly is... exactly what I was about to say. Boy, went to Clemson. <laughs> what John Gruden is saying there is that... Whatever Mariota's problem is, they don't think he's 100% right. to run around as a mobile That's quarterback. That's how he plays, yeah. It, pro- it sounds like, hey, he can drop back and pass the ball out of the pocket, but Mariota's not giving you that much value as just a straight drop back passer. So I would be curious if he is, let's say he's in the same situation for week one against the Ravens. You got to go with Peterman, right? Like if, if Mariota, you ha- if you need somebody, yeah, if Mariota is like unable to run around outside the pocket and make plays with his feet, what's the point of Mariota? You know what I always say in that opener? If he has to play, he'll be fine because Nick Kwiatkowski's on his team, not the other. What we've, what we've seen in training too? camp, if he's <laughs> dropping back and passing, as long as Big Nicky's not out there, Marcus will be fine. 
How is Nick Kwiatkowski not? <laughs> been a, I mean, it might be a starter because Nicholas Morrow got hurt, but that yeah. guy's got like, oh, there's Kwiatkowski picked uh, off Mariota again. There he is again. picking off Mariota again. Why do, we need to get that guy raised up like three picks in the last two days. Is, he, he, is he just really good at disguising his body like he's really short? I, and then all of a sudden, he's it like, was I'm very six foot strange. Four. Like he was always Mariota passed back. Like, where's Nick? Because <laughs> like he's like, oh, there he is, right in front of the ball. I, I mean, I got to think with three weeks left, he's the backup and. I have to think, I mean, you know, like you said, Richie Incognito is older now, bodies at that size, but you have to think they're doing everything to get that guy ready. Yeah. I mean, they they need that guy just for his experience. Yeah. And it's going to be important the entire year to keep the offensive line as healthy as possible because it's not it's not crazy to think on the offensive line, you have two guys injured for oh, a Oh, you get two game. guys going down. Yeah. yeah. Like you can have one guy miss, you know, oh, he's got an injury, he's out for five yeah. weeks, and then somebody else has an injury to miss one game, and all of a sudden we're talking about, Brandon Parker and Jared Jones Smith playing or John Simpson and Patrick Omame playing like all of a sudden it's like, good God, who is on well, this offensive line? I can't believe you guys got me on John Simpson. I thought for sure there was a position group without a Clemson guy. Impossible. It's no. impossible on that. I team. mean, what running back? They're all from Alabama. Same thing. <laughs> Same thing. That is a fun game to play. What position group does not have a guy from Clemson, right, Clemson or, or Alabama? Alabama. Quarterback for sure. Yes. Because you only have the three. Not wide receiver. Uh, tight end. Not DB. Um, we got Waller, well, Foster but we Moreau, have, and Derek But the backup's Carrier. at SEC, guys, so. So we're counting uh, Foster. We're, counting, we're Let's counting just, LSU. Yeah, SEC, which isn't really fair because, I mean, if the you are getting a lot of SEC league. guys, you're getting <laughs> good players, so that makes sense. Mariota played in a national championship, or at least the playoffs, so. That might be a better way to do it. Yes. How many players on this roster played in a college football playoff or championship game? I that mean, might be one thing the Raiders lead the league in, that they, and missed tackles. I mean, since Gruden and Mayock took over, every player yes. they've drafted played in the, the national championship game. The Raiders are the best game. at missing tackles and drafting guys who played in the <laughs> national championship college football game. Well, I will say that at least, like, we can give them props because they understand the one school you don't draft people from that's always in a college football playoff game is Notre, Notre Dame. Dame. Notre like, Dame. yeah, these kids won't translate. Oh, they've taken a couple defensive backs from Ohio State that didn't work out. So. Well, they also took the running back who... Uh, Retired in the beginning of camp that no one remembered was on the team. Oh, they had like three people retired. Well, and like two of them were from Notre Dame yeah. because because Vinny's a Notre Dame fan, and Gruden gave Vinny a hard time. He goes, eh, "Your guys keep retired on me." <laughs> <laughs> All right. Coming up next, they don't we'll love talk. the game. No wonder they can't win a national championship. <laughs> we'll talk about the Oakland A's because. They've got a new potential site to build a ballpark in Las Vegas. 2-1 pitch to the Royals catcher, and he'll swing and hit it well. Deep left center, that's way back, and that's gone. It's a home run in and out of the Crawford boxes over that high wall in left field. The Royals' lead is 2 to nothing. And the pitch is swung on and pulled fair down the left field line by the diving third baseman, Diaz. It's an RBI double. Rivera stops at third, and the Royals' lead is 3-1. to one. Here's the pitch, and he swings and drives it to left, and that's going to find the gap and roll all the way to the wall. In comes Taylor. Rivera right behind. He will score, and the Royals go in front 7-1. to one. How about this? You're sitting in the press box with Graney and Bischoff on ESPN Las Vegas. Follow them on Twitter at Ed Graney and Bischoff underscore Tyler. The Royals! Finally. Well, we know two things off that off that uh, highlight. One, the Dodgers didn't lose because that would have been the highlight of the entire show. Well, the Padres they got to play to lose. The, the Padres didn't win, so that would have been the highlight of the entire show. So who do we take a shot at? Your Astros. 
uh, let me see if I can remember the exact numbers. The Astros this year against the AL Central, against the two best teams, the White Sox and the Indians, they are 10-3. and three. Against the Twins, Royals, and Tigers, they are 6-13. and 13. Yeah. 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 What? Our teams are the same. That's why I won't what? watch because the Padres will sweep Your the Dodgers. Our teams are the same. Yeah. The, the, no, they're the same. Colorado and the Diamondbacks, I think the Padres are 16 and 17. <laughs> Go look at their numbers against the Dodgers and Giants. It's the weirdest thing in the world. It's like they, they, these teams that are really, they, they get up for these teams and others for not. Look at how, what would the Astros record be? Well, if, if the Padres played well against bad teams, they might be leading the division. They would. They probably would. It's be. amazing. The the Astros have the best record in baseball against teams over five hundred. Against good teams, I think they're like the Astros are like eighteen games above five hundred against teams that are above five hundred. They're like twenty six and twenty four against yeah, teams under five hundred. Crazy. Like just dead average when they play the worst teams in baseball. Aren't the Diamondbacks out here like randomly no hitting oh. like some of the best yeah, that teams? Happens. That oh, happens. Oh, the Padres. Some guy I think had never pitched in his life. He might have come from like CSN, like the guy we have on the team. First that guy, start. First start. He goes and no hits the Padres. Yeah. It's just amazing. They hey, have, what are you guys known for? Hitting? <laughs> cool. They have they have the no hitter against the Padres, and then uh, Bumgarner had the seven inning yes. no hitter against the Braves. Yeah. Like just two, and they've two lost like no they've hitters. lost like ninety games, and they're going to be like the yeah. worst. They're going to lose hundred games. Sport. They also have like a ninety game losing streak in the yeah. middle of the season. It's insane. Remember Book that ended by no hitters. Remember that? <laughs> yes. They lost like eighteen, or like they never. Their road losing streak was atrocious. Like they could never win on the road. I just. We needed to get somebody on the radio. We needed to get that call from Moneyball. We're going for twenty. <laughs> Now, fortunately for the Astros, the A's lost again. They have blown a lead in the eighth or ninth inning three straight games. Phenomenal work by the Oakland A's. But that's good for us. That could be our team in the future. Uh, Dave Cobble and the A's are coming back. Mick Akers reported that. They're coming this week, and they have a new site to look at. Warm Springs and Las Vegas Boulevard. That is, uh, if you know where the South Premium Outlet Malls are, that's nope. right across the street from the South Premium Outlet Malls. It is basically where the 15 and the 215 meet. Okay. It's oh, the okay. southeast right. okay. southeast yeah. corner of where the 15 and the 215 meet. Trying it's to basically think what the land is, is there. Uh, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, there's there's a just two, I think it's like back-to-back, two empty lots okay. uh, right okay. there on the opposite side. So freeway side. access? Kind of. It's a nightmare. I drive it every day. There is so... Everyone on I-15 has to take the same exit. And to, get, wa- to get out to the 215. One exit takes you to Blue Diamond. Right. Takes you to 215 West, right. 215 East, East, and Las Vegas Boulevard. Yes. And thrown in between is everybody on Blue Diamond right. having to cut across those traffic yes. Yes. to get on to I-15. I know I-15. exactly what you're talking about. It's a disaster when there's more than, when it's not 6 in the morning when I'm driving here, it sucks. So they would have to, if they put a ballpark there... I think they'd have to redo that interchange because it's a nightmare getting on and off there. Isn't that where a lot of our urban campers currently yes, live? Yes, that is, that is, is accurate. Is that true? Yes. Yeah, so uh, we may have to, you know, who's we may displace some people. I should know this, but who's giving them public money for that land? I mean, it's Clark County. It's, it's, I don't <laughs> believe that is in Henderson. So it would be. They're not giving them that right, much money. Right, it'd have to be Clark County. So, and again, I can't believe the county's given them near what Oakland's. Been. I mean, if they if they actually like build some resource centers around there to f- solve the urban camping problem. Well, 
Your priorities are not the same as Major League Baseball's or anybody else in Clark County. I'm trying to think what they would develop around there. And like Tyler said, in terms of transportation, they'd have to do something with that interchange. Yeah. It's it, a, that's a, I, I can't believe that that's where they would do it. Like on a now, look, we're hoping, you know, I think they're hoping they're going to get more than 4,000 people like they got last night if they build a beautiful ballpark here. So you get like, you know, 25,000. Yeah. It'd be a nightmare yeah. around there if they don't change things. Yeah. So they'd have to change that interchange. But. Mick Aker's reporting this. They're coming to Vegas. They're going to look at this site. To me, this is a nothing. This is an absolute nothing. No, because it's the county, visit. and I don't think the county's given two cents. <laughs> well, it's it's a nothing visit because they're coming to look at a new site. He's been here five times yeah. and looked at like 18 sites. Yeah. Until we find out, oh, he's That's meeting the site. He's meeting right. with someone yes. to talk about public financing. Until we f- hear that, none of this. What happens. if he meets with the campers? <laughs> What if, that's his, what if that's his lunch day? It's like, hey, you guys want to come and talk about this? They you know, might gotta, have more money for him than Clark exactly. County. We got to get out of there. Do you have $10? Because the county's giving us eight. Yeah. Like, that, like, until we hear, hey, he's meeting with so-and-so, whether it's, like I don't know, Clark County Commissioner, right. State Legislator, Steve Sisolak, who knows, until I hear, oh, he's meeting with somebody to discuss Important. Yeah, public financing and not just, hey, he's coming to look at land, yeah. then none of this means anything. No. Because he's done this. He's been doing this all summer. I'm going to come to Vegas. I'm going to look at land, and I'm going to make it seem like my team might move I, here because I want more money from Oakland. I get people, and I'm sure you do, about our show and our um, insistence they're not coming, and I just say the same thing every time. Look, I don't think they're coming. But I, I can't have any conversation with you until you tell me how much someone in Vegas is giving them. Yeah. Now, if you're factual and that someone in Vegas is giving them the same amount of money that Oakland is, which we know is not true, but you say it and it's factual, okay, right? If, maybe they're coming. <laughs> if someone came out today in, in the state legislature and was like, hey, we want the A's here. Let's find a way to get them half a billion dollars. Yeah, then, then they're probably sudden, coming. <laughs> and all of a sudden it's like, oh, okay, yeah. then it might happen. But until you hear the number and who's giving the money, sorry. Yeah. Because they're not paying for it themselves. Right. And especially because they now have $490 yes. million from Oakland. Yeah. This isn't, you know, two months it's ago. It's zero, zero. Yeah, two months ago, they didn't have any money from Oakland. Right. Two months ago, there was no offer from Oakland on the table. So it was like, okay, maybe Vegas could give them a little bit, and it works. Right. But now that they have $490 million as an offer from Oakland, I, yeah, until somebody... It does, the conversation yeah. can't even start. How much money is someone here giving them? Yeah, because they're not going to move here with zero public dollars. No. It's not going to happen. So <laughs> Pro owners aren't into that. <laughs> they almost like Goodell the other day. Well, you're we like Buffalo to stay there, but they need a new stadium. Like, here we go again. Who's we're, building these guys' a stadium now? We are focused on a public-private yes, partnership. Yes, I love that. We're focused like... on a public-private. Public's always the first word. <laughs> it's always the, It always leads the conversation. All right, coming up next... Miles Simmons joins the show as we talk about some of the rookie quarterbacks across the NFL. We're back to the Press Box Morning Show with Ed Graney and Tyler Bischoff. Be part of the conversation on the Finley Kia text line at 69187. Finley Kia, come see a Kia on West Sahara. Joining us now from Pro Football Talk is Miles Simmons. Good morning, Miles. How are you? Doing well, guys. So, Miles. Good. So before we get into the actual football that's been played in the preseason, uh, how much are you paying attention to? How big of a story is it that the Raiders might have committed tax fraud, that they had their president, CFO, and controller all resign within a week? Like, how big of a story do you think that actually is? Um, I, I think it's a pretty significant story, uh, mainly because you don't often see something like that from an NFL team. And I think, you know, 
part of it right now is that there's nothing really that definitive on it. You know, we've got these reports and all these different things, but I think, you know, as uh, the investigative reporters start sleuthing a little bit more, um, and especially because there's not going to be a fourth preseason game, so we're about to go into from, you know, August, I don't know, 31st in their cut to uh, September, whatever it is, when um, the Cowboys and Buccaneers kick off the season. There's not really going to be much football, so that might be a time where it's like, oh, well, things are a little bit slow going right now. Uh, maybe we dig in a little bit more into this Raiders thing, and we might find out some more stuff. And I think that could be when it becomes a little bit bigger. But I, it's not obviously it's not like the biggest deal in the world right now, but I think as things progress, it, it maybe could get a little bigger. So we saw today uh, Matt Nagy say that Justin Fields is going to start play the first two quarters uh, for the Bears' last preseason game, but Andy Dalton is still his week one starter. How long do you think Andy Dalton is actually his starter in the regular season? Uh, not very long. I mean, listen, you see Justin Fields, I think he he looks like he's doing things that um, – that can make you feel like he's going to be ready sooner than later. And I think that when you have a guy that you trade up for that you really believe in, um, it, it just becomes a matter of when, not if. Um, and so because of that, I think that he's going to be in there uh, sooner than later. Look, I mean, Andy Dalton is not a bad quarterback. He's also not a great quarterback. And so I think that he's Justin Fields, I think, has shown an ability where he can throw the ball. He knows what he's going to be able to do. So I don't know. I think maybe by the time the Bears get to the Raiders in October, probably going to be Justin Fields. When all is said and done, I know it's a big leap, but you've watched these guys as much as you could so far. Who at the end of the season are we looking back and saying that was the best pick for these guys in terms of all the rookie quarterbacks? All the rookie quarterbacks? It might be Mike Jones for the Patriots. And, you know, what's interesting is that we all kind of didn't feel like Mac Jones was going to be the week one starter. Probably, I mean, you could even say a few days ago that that was going to be the case. But I really think that this whole Cam Newton not being able to be at practice this week thing, I think that that could really bulk Mac Jones up a little bit because he's taking all of these reps and all the reports from New England yesterday seem to suggest that Mac Jones didn't necessarily have the best day, but he's going to have a couple of days of joint practices um, with uh, the Giants this week. And Cam Newton should be back for Thursday's joint practice, but having the one joint practice tomorrow where you really get to go out there, show what you can do um, and get good experience against a pretty decent defense, I think that that really could help him. And Matt Jones has done a pretty decent job in these preseason games. So, it's, I mean, it, you know, we talk about a matter of when, not if, right? I, I think that at least for year one, you know, you're probably going to be looking at Mac Jones and saying, wow, like that actually, that was a pick that really worked out. Now, down the road, you know, two, three years from now, Trey Lance, I think, is going to be somebody who we're talking about as an elite quarterback. Um, if for no other reason than he's in the most quarterback-friendly system. And I think that Kyle Shanahan does one of the best jobs of scheming things up. And, you know, when we've, when we've seen Shanahan with elite talent, those teams do really, really well. So I, I think that this year it could be Matt Jones, but down the road, probably Trey Lance. How bad is Jacksonville going to be? Uh, pretty bad. 
I mean, is there anything that they're going to be actually very good? Right? It's interesting because Trevor Lawrence, Lawrence is good. You know, I I think he's very talented. I should say this. I think Lawrence is talented. Do I think he's going to be good in the league? I think the jury's going to be out on that for a little bit because it's not like they're showing you really anything. And I think that, you know, Urban Meyer, as paranoid as he seems to be on his college days, he's probably telling Daryl Bevel not to do anything at all, right? So they're going to be very vanilla, and I think that's what we saw last night in that game against the Saints. But at the same time, the talent is not necessarily there, at least from my vantage point. And, you know, they've got some coaches who have obviously done a lot of things in this league, but I still think it's going to take a little bit of time for Trevor Lawrence to truly develop because it's not like he's got a ready-made situation with everything around him going very well. So, look, the Jaguars are not going to be very good. I mean, they could win, you know, four or five games or so, but I don't think they're going to be much better than that. Could Trevor Lawrence block better than Tim Tebow? <laughs> probably. We can <laughs> block better than Tim Tebow. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, like the three of us could probably go out there and put out, you know, better film than what he did. Uh, will the New York Post have more headlines on Zach Wilson or Zach Wilson's mom? Oh, that's good. Uh, <laughs> probably Zach Wilson because he's the one that's going to be out there every week. But you know what? Zach Wilson's mom also could really make some headlines just based on whatever she's going to say <laughs> from what he does, right? So, I mean, like, you know, you could – and it really depends, man. I, it's interesting. It's interesting, too, because Zach Wilson obviously is going to be their starting quarterback, and they don't have any viable backup options. So the whole thing with his contract that was going on was just, like, weird because it's like, Jeff, you have to cave. Like, there's no way that this dude isn't starting for you week one. And so the fact that he missed a day of training camp or two days, whatever it was, that was a little bit ridiculous to me. But, I mean, he's talented. I'm curious. I like, you know, we talked about the, um, the, the Jaguars being pretty bad this year. The Jets are probably going to be pretty bad, too. I, I mean, I don't necessarily see – how they're going to be able to build much around Zach Wilson based on the talent that they've got on offense, but they've got a good scheme. You know, I think Michael Fleur is going to be one of those guys that we're talking about as a head coaching candidate in a year or two, mainly because he's got a lot of that Kyle Shanahan system that, you know, also Sean McVay and his brother, Matt LaFleur in green Bay. So things are probably going to start slow for the jets, but I think, they seem like they're on the right path of building something um, in New York. Do you think Jameis Winston won the starting job last night? I think he should have. I mean, listen, I am not necessarily the biggest fan of quarterbacks who can't really throw trying to be quarterbacks. (laughs) And Jason Hill can't really throw. So in my mind, this was never that much of a quarterback competition. It was, but like, I understand that Sean Payton thought of it that way. And Sean Payton is a really good offensive mind. So if there's somebody who could craft an offense around Taysom Hill, I think he could do it. But I don't really understand why you would have Jameis Winston in your system for a year and, you know, hopefully deleting some of that bad processing stuff that allows him to throw 30 interceptions while also throwing for over 5,000 yards. Right? Like, this is, like I said, this, this is somebody who is a number one overall draft pick. And he's obviously very talented, James Winston. And he's thrown for over 5,000 yards before. All you need to do is eliminate some of those interceptions 
and you've probably got one of the better starting quarterbacks in the league. Think about it. If he throws, if he throws 15 interceptions instead of 30, 15 interceptions is still like a lot, but you can live with that when you're also throwing for 5,000 yards. So I think that based on that, it's going to be interesting to see what they do at wide receiver based on all the stuff that's happening with Michael Thomas. But, like, if Jameis Winston can do those things consistently, the Saints are going to be a problem in the NFC South. So wait, did Sean Payton literally try to design an offense around Taysom Hill because he was bored with football? And he was like, I, let, let me see if I can make this harder. I mean, maybe it's not out of the realm of possibility because like Sean Payton is probably one of those guys that feels like he's one of the smartest offensive minds in the NFL. I mean, because he is, right? I don't think anybody was talking about Drew Brees as a potential Hall of Famer before he went to the Saints and, you know, produce a 15-year partnership um, with Sean Payton that produced a Super Bowl, right? And so they've been one of the best teams in the NFC consistently for the better part of the last five, six years, right? If th- Their defense is still really good. They've got into absolute cap hell over the course of this last year, but I think that that system is so ingrained that you can maybe overcome some of those things if you have a quarterback who can throw the ball down the field consistently. And now it's not also like, you know, Drew Brees who had trouble throwing the ball down the field consistently because he got older, right? And his arm starts to get tired. Those things are not a problem when you have Jameis Winston who's got a fresh, live arm and he's still in his 20s. So, look, at I think that their talent at wide receiver is something that we might be looking at and you're saying, uh, I don't know. I mean, but if your quarterback can still elevate, you know, the guys who are around him, you can overcome a lot of that stuff. And so I think that uh, the Buccaneers should still be the favorites in the NFC South, but it's not like the Saints are going to be some slouches. I, I think that they really could be good this year. Are you going to miss the fourth preseason game this year since it's now an extra bye week before the season starts? Absolutely not. And depending on which team you ask, this this game upcoming in this week is either really the third preseason game or it's really the fourth preseason game. Matt Nagy thinks it's the fourth preseason game. Andy Dalton's not playing, and Justin Fields is going to play because he's got to rest Andy Dalton for week one. But if you go someplace else, and I can't think of a coach who said this off the top of my head, you know, as I'm saying this right now, but like there, somebody else was like, oh, no, it's the third preseason game. It's basically like the dress rehearsal. and We've got to play our starters. Maybe they'll play into the second half. And it's like it's a weird kind of deal with people and their philosophies on the preseason. But, I mean, and I guess it's because I worked there for a number of years. But, you know, I'm with the Rams, Sean McVay. I'm not playing anybody of any significance in a preseason game where they can get hurt and then I'm going to be sad because I don't have my key, I don't know, what guard because they went out there and they got a high ankle sprain because somebody rolled up on them because I decided that we had to get like 10 to 15 plays in. I know. Use your joint practices for that, and then whatever happens in the preseason game, you evaluate some of these younger guys and you let the guys that you know you have to count on you let them watch on the sideline because there's no point in losing somebody that you need in a preseason game. Well, he is Miles Simmons from Pro Football Talk. Miles, we appreciate your time Thank this you, buddy. morning. Of course, gentlemen. Take care. Oh, I'm definitely not going to miss that last preseason game. Oh, do you, can you, I was talking to somebody, can you even fathom, just fathom, and I believe this is true. You might remember this for football. Do you know at one point they had six of these? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Can you imagine? 
having six. I don't think they should have like more than one because I think they should just do these these you know joint sc- yeah. practices. Even though there's fights everywhere and they go crazy, <laughs> but can you imagine a time when they literally had six of these games? It, it, I can't even imagine. I can't even think about what the point of that was. I, six. I, I just enjoy that. <laughs> Do do basketball teams and hockey teams play six preseason games? They play like six or seven, right? Yeah, the Golden Knights play like five or six. But I don't know well, if they should be doing that. I, you know, I mean, I, I, say, I don't know if they should be doing that. A lot of their preseason games would also be against like colleges. Yeah, it's a while ago, but in your mind, you're just thinking. Let's say, I mean, four was a joke around here. Never mind six. Four, I thought was four was a joke. And I'm I'm with him and McVay and everyone else. I never play anybody. They're down to three, and Derek Carr's not going to yeah, play. Exactly. In a Derek Carr will never take a step. Nor should he. <laughs> Who would put that guy out there in a preseason game? My one of my favorite like things I, I I like have it burned into my brain is Rex Ryan putting um, Mark Sanchez back into a preseason game in the fourth quarter in order to come back and try to beat the Giants. Now, Incognito was in the practice against the Rams? Yes, that's what he I, got I was going to say yeah. because I thought Miles was setting up Gruden saying, why would you put your guard out there and have someone <laughs> roll up on him? Okay, if he was in the practice with the Rams, that's fine. But it, yeah. it Practice with the Rams. <laughs> we don't know if it was from a fight when some special teamers threw his helmet What if him. we had frame by frame and it was Mayock oh, falling on him? Mayock oh, Mayock stepped on his ankles. As much as Mayock's been worried off. about that offensive line at practice with his Golden Knights hat on, looking at every snap, if he was the one who did it, not good. Coming up next, somebody has finally talked about the Raiders' potential tax problem. Second and six, Jameis under center, one motion, one back behind him. He fakes the handoff, looking down the middle. He's going deep. He's looking for Callaway. And there comes the flag. And there's a touchdown anyway. There's the snap, straight back, middle of the pocket, across the middle, and it is complete. Complete down to near the 40-yard line for Ty Montgomery Jr. Nice route, nice throw by Taysom. First and 10, ball is at the 14. Taysom is out of the shotgun. He's got Devontae Freeman to his left. There's the snap. Looking immediately left and looking for little Jordan Humphrey. Jump ball in the end zone. Touchdown, Saints! We're back to the Press Box Morning Show with Ed Graney and Tyler Bischoff. So the Raiders had... Mark Bidane, the president, CFO, and the club controller all resigned. Three important positions all resigned within about a week of each other. Uh, there have been reports about the Raiders having unpaid taxes stemming from a $200 million loan they got from Oakland and Alameda back in the 90s. For the first time, one of those three people that resigned has actually spoken. Araxi Grant, who was the club controller, said, I've been contacted by several news outlets with questions about why I resigned. As a CPA, I have a duty to maintain confidentiality, and for this reason, I'm not able to disclose details or answer questions regarding my resignation from the Raiders. I can say that I have never been involved in any financial impropriety or wrongdoing before or during my 20-month tenure with the Raiders. I am someone who lives by high standards of ethics and integrity. As a CPA, I have never and would never participate in unethical accounting practices or compromise my professional responsibilities in any way. I'm grateful for the chance to have worked with the Raiders and look forward to my next career challenge. That sounds like a really bad CPA. Isn't the whole point of hiring an accountant is that they do some kind of shady (laughs) stuff so that you don't have to pay as much taxes? But you're not supposed to get caught. 
I mean, when the, when the reports... They didn't. You said it's from the 90s, like the statute of limitations. I mean, when the reports came out, which were very bizarre reports, they didn't pay taxes. They paid too much taxes. You know, you and I were both... Very confusing. On, uh, we're on the side of we don't really know. And it's very confusing. And, you know, they're denying it um, profusely that it had anything to do with taxes, that that just wasn't what it was. I don't know... Um, I don't know Rexy Grant from the wall. I don't know who that person is. No. Okay, so I'll say this. Um, I might be wrong. I read that, and I always go to, I'll believe it because I don't know why the person would say that if it was. Why would they come out now with this long statement just completely defending themselves, saying, hey, I didn't do anything wrong here. It, why would you do that if it wasn't if it wasn't true? I didn't. What you would just stay quiet and say I, I can't talk about this. Well, so here's the interesting part on this. For we've talked about it with Mark Bedane and like what's his next job? How hireable is he right now? Because who knows? He, he resigned and now the team again maybe committed tax fraud. <laughs> we don't exactly know what happened here. But like if you're Grant, you were club controller or the CFO who resigned as well. My curiosity has been how hireable are these people and does there ever come a point? Where they feel the need to like clear their name. Well, this is almost an interview right here. Right. It's almost a job interview of this person right. saying, I didn't do anything wrong, so you can still hire me. Right. And but now here's the thing: like, if you're hiring her, her saying, I can't give you any details, you just have to trust me that I did nothing wrong. Oh, I don't think she can do that to the guy behind the door hiring her. Right. So you can't do that. Yeah, but like if she's if she can't get a job for months, and if the CFO, former CFO, can't get a job for months, like, do, is there ever a point? Where one of them feels the need to be like, I, I got to tell people what happened because Maybe. I can't get hired. Maybe. Well, especially if you weren't on the wrong. Right. If she, I mean, she said, because again, yeah. she, we're, we're believing her. Like right. she said she didn't do yeah, anything wrong. Well, what did happen? Because right. you resigned right. and the two people, two important people above you resigned too. Something and happens. if nobody has jobs in six months and right. you and you keep getting turned away, but you didn't do anything wrong, then you're gonna say, "Listen, you're gonna have to say I didn't me. do it. This it was, was what happened. This guy or or we or somebody screwed up this. Like you're gonna. Is there any kind of real quick? Is there any kind of disclosure she might assign that she can't speak? That's possible. Yeah, but again, she kind of. Well, she kind of spoke actually. She kind of said something, so yeah. maybe not.